Welcome to Hope is Here, bringing hope to those struggling with life's difficult situations. Welcome to Hope is Here. My name is Greg Hoare. We are continuing our conversation with author Greg Kokel. We've been talking about his latest book, Street Smarts, using questions to answer Christianity's toughest challenges and just had a powerful program yesterday. If you missed that 14-minute program, really want to encourage you to go to our website, hopeisheretoday.org. That's hopeishere.today.org or whatever platforms you listen to podcasts on. We're on all of those. I really want to encourage you to check that out because just really, really great conversation with Greg. And Greg, uh, yesterday uh, we started talking about this book, Street Smarts, and right. uh, you were sharing, uh, just to kind of recap, if somebody missed yesterday's program, talk a little bit about the harvesting and gardening principle. And then you also had this three-step game plan. That that's right. We kind of wet people's appetites. So thanks for being back with us. Sure. Yeah, that's great. Um, one of the things I emphasized yesterday, and this makes a huge difference, I think, is being effective today, and this is controversial, is I said don't worry about the harvest, okay? Because the harvest, when it's ripe, it comes in. The Holy Spirit brings it in automatically. And frankly, with people I've been polling, this is this is characteristic of most Christians. They didn't pray with someone to receive Christ. They, did, they were raised in a Christian home. They don't remember when they became a Christian. Or maybe somewhere in the process of people gardening in their life, sowing, um, they believed. And <clears throat> they don't even have a spiritual birthday. Okay, don't worry about that. Worry instead about gardening. In other words, a little here, a little there. Paul says, I planted, Paulus watered, and God caused the increase. So that's the, that's the basic picture there. We want to just do some gardening, okay? Hopefully, if I can give you some tools to do the gardening, more people are going to get in the garden because if we don't have good gardening, we're not going to have that harvest at the end. That's self-evident. And so, um, so that's the gardening concept. I also said the way we're going to go about gardening is we're going to use questions in conversation. So the key to the game plan, it'll be three steps that I'll give you in a moment. The key to the game plan is using questions at every step. And the reason that we use questions is because, for one, they're polite. Um, they're drawing another person out. We're learning more about their view. Secondly, they uh, they give us information, okay? Thirdly, we're not on the dock here. We're not the ones who are under fire because we're not making claims of any sort. We're just curious about somebody else's view. But you'll see in a moment how it's possible to actually use questions to advance your own view in a very clever way. And, um, and, and it's all safe and conversational and warm. And my conversations with with uh, critics has have always been almost comp- unless they get way out of line which once in a while they do you can't control that have been been friendly conversations no lines drawn on the sand no dukes up and it's not banging heads i want to avoid that because this does not put people into a frame of mind to be persuaded okay so i use questions so that's questions keep you safe remember that Okay, what about the game plan? There's three steps to the game plan. It's very simple. And the very first step, in other words, when I'm in a circumstance where I think might turn into a spiritual conversation, or maybe it's already begun, and I want to know how do I proceed forward, here's the first step. I'm not looking down the line to win someone to Christ. I'm not trying to figure out, well, what, where's this going to go next? I just want to find one, uh, one thing. I want to gather information. 
That's it. I just want to gather information. So if you think in military terms, you know, you go out in the field, you got to get intel. You got to figure out what you're up against. You don't know what that is. Now, this is especially important when people are challenging the Christian view in some fashion, okay? And the Street Smarts book is meant to really help us to answer, deal with a challenge to Christianity. Or to parry it, maybe, or to deal with an alternate point of view people are offering, like atheism, for example. So somebody says to me, well, I'm an atheist. I don't believe in God. <clears throat> I'm not going to say, well, I'm a Christian, and let me tell you why you're wrong, essentially. But that's the way a lot of conversations go, and that's just them fighting words, right? So I say, oh, that's interesting. What kind of atheist are you? Okay. What kind of God don't you believe in? Maybe they don't believe in a God that's uh, some guy with a beard up in a throne somewhere in outer space. Well, I don't believe in that kind of God either. Maybe they don't believe in a personal God, but they believe some kind of force, you know, uh, you know, Star Wars or whatever. Um, or maybe they don't believe in anything that's not physical material that you can knock or feel, taste, touch, whatever, that kind of thing. I'm curious, what is it? Now, I need to know that. If I'm going to go further with them, I need to know more information about their view. And when I ask them more questions about their view, then I'm getting more information. And that helps me because I'm not exactly sure where to go. This is intel. You're getting the lay of the land. Okay, and uh, so so they might say, well, I, 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 I'm not a Christian, but I used to be a Christian. Oh, really? Okay, what, what kind of Christian were you? Or, or why aren't you a Christian anymore? So I'm not afraid of them talking against my view. Let them talk. If they, if, there's a whole host of things they might say, and this is where I want to let them talk as much as possible. The more that they talk, the broader understanding I'll have of their view and the more that I have to work with here. Now, it might turn out that they talk for a while and I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. Okay, then don't go anywhere. You can't do what you don't know how to do. But a lot of times, and so all you've shown is courtesy to another person to get a perspective of somebody else's view that's contrary to your own, okay? Um, so that's a good thing even if you don't go any further, all right? But once they explain their view, they say, well, the Bible's been changed. Can't trust the Bible. Well, what do you mean it's been changed? I want them to describe how they think it took place, okay? Now they told me what they think happened, okay? Now I've got another question. The first step was to get information, gather information about their view, what they believe. The second one is to gather a different kind of information, why they believe what they believe, okay? So when a guy explains what kind of atheist he is, okay, this, that, this, why do you think atheism is true? I'm just curious. I'm just waiting to see what they have to say. I don't know what they're going to say. I know the different kinds of things they might say, but I want to know what this person has to say. Why? Because that's the person I'm talking to. You know, let me, why do you think it's true? And then they, they're going to say something, I imagine. Um, sometimes they don't. Sometimes it's silence because they don't know what to say, which is odd. Because if they have a strong conviction about something, but they have no reasons they can give you, then that's weird. Somebody once said, well, I don't have any reasons for my view. I said, why would you believe something you have no reasons to believe in? Which, by the way, is another question, right? So if they said the Bible's been changed, they say, why do you think it happened that way? How do you know that's the way it happened, the way you just described it? 
okay? And a lot of people, they are repeating things they've heard other people say, but they've never thought about it themselves. So what I'm doing is I'm shifting the burden of proof back onto them in this second question. I'm, I'm, I'm asking them to defend their own view, but I'm doing it in a nice way. Instead of me taking the responsibility at this point to show them that their view is false. If, if they say there is no God, and, the, and they explain what they mean, and then instead of asking, why do you think there is no God, and they defend that view, and I just say, well, let me give you the reasons why I think God exists. Now I'm taking the responsibility of the burden to prove him wrong instead of letting him first try to prove himself right. So what I've done is given him a free ride. I'm taking all the responsibility on myself, right, Greg? And that's, and that's making my job harder. And maybe I don't know all these arguments that are clever arguments for the existence of God. So I'd rather just let him talk. Now, once he's given me his reasons, then maybe I don't know what to say. And we're back where we were before. So now you've had a nice conversation. You've gotten an education about what some non-believer believes. And you're in a position to find out more things about that later if you want to take another, another step. Okay? But you can't do it that conversation. That's all right. You're being friendly and warm. It's not a failure. It's a learning experience, okay? But it may be that you, you know some, some reasons why atheism is false. One of those, for example, is the fact that the universe had a beginning. Um, a lot of people don't realize this, but everyone believes that the universe had a beginning. Christians believe that, Genesis 1.1. Non-Christians believe it too. That's Big Bang cosmology. Now, I know Big Bang is uncomfortable for a lot of Christians, but I want just put that aside for a moment. The important thing is that they believe the universe had a beginning. That's key. Okay, so here are the, now I'm, I'm going to use, this is the third step. I'm going to use my questions to make a point. All right. That's the third step. I, I gather information, find out what they believe. I reverse the burden of proof, asking why they believe it. Now I'm going to. Now I know what's wrong with their view. I happen to know that, and that's what Street Smarts does. It gives you all the information. And one of the things that I think is really powerful evidence of God is that the universe had a beginning. Okay. So, how would I prosecute that in a conversation with the atheist? I say, Do you mind if I ask you a few questions? No, I don't. Okay. Do you think, and this is a pretty simple one, but do you think that things exist? Yeah, things exist. Okay, I agree with you. There are things that exist. Okay, the second question. The things that exist, have they always existed? Is the universe eternal? Or did they come into existence? I'm waiting. Oh, no, they, they all came into existence. When was that? At the Big Bang. Yeah, okay, so there was a time when the universe wasn't here, and then it banged into existence. Yeah, that's right. Okay, no, just he's giving me the information, right? I'm asking the questions. He's giving me the information. If I were to start saying, trying to make my case for God and say, well, the universe, things exist, the universe exists, and it had a beginning, and it had a beginning, you think, at the Big Bang, and so therefore, and every time I put something on the table, a critic is going to try to take exception with it and want to disagree with me because he doesn't want me to make progress. But right now, he's the one who's putting the pieces on the table because I'm asking the questions. Okay, so we got things exist, I agree. We got the universe had a beginning, I agree with that. Here's my last question. This is the one that's important. What caused the universe to come into existence? And then I say, it's easy because there's only two choices, either something or no thing. What do you think? Either something or nothing. Now, he doesn't want to go to the nothing, the something option because that means it would have to be something powerful and intelligent. And, you know, before before long, that sounds too much like God, which he doesn't want to do. But what's his only alternative? 
He's going to have to say the universe popped into existence for no reason, with no cause, and no purpose. Well, maybe that might have happened, but is that the odds-on favorite? No, it's not the odds-on favorite, because things aren't popping into existence all around us all the time. It doesn't happen, okay? So that's the most likely thing, the best explanation that is that God exists. And then I just leave it there with them. I don't have to, don't you agree? No, I don't say that. I just want to put a stone in their shoe. I want to get them thinking. I want to get them annoyed a little bit by the idea I've offered so they're thinking about it. And that's gardening. And I, I could give you, we're almost out of time here for our segment, but there's in the Street Smarts book, I deal with all kinds of different issues um, and that are challenges to Christian right now. I help you to see what is wrong with the challenge. They don't see it. Here's how you can see it. You can answer this. Now, what are the questions you can actually use to ask that person to go step by step by step, just like I did here, and that conversation is in the book, step by step by step, to get to the final question that kind of is the, for lack of a better phrase, the mic drop moment. Not to make them look bad, but to get them thinking. This is a problem you have. It's not a problem I have. It's a problem you have with your view. Now what? What are you going to do with that? and leave it with them. And this is true with all of these issues that I that I mentioned, there are chapters in the book dealing with uh, that will help the Christian to navigate effectively and safely to make a difference for Christ in this crazy culture we're, we're, that we're in. Wow, so that's such good stuff. We've been talking with Greg Kokel. He's author of a wonderful book called Street Smarts, Using Questions to Answer Christianity's Toughest Challenges. And he does, man. He deals with all the hot-button topics that we're dealing with in our culture today, uh, abortion, uh, marriage, sex, gender, um, genocide, I mean, evil. Uh, really, really want to encourage you to get a copy of this book. Greg, uh for our listeners, what's the best way for them to find out more about you and this wonderful book? Well, the best way to find out more about me and what we do and what we can offer them is uh, go to the website STR for Stand to Reason, STR.org. And we got hundreds and hundreds, thousands of videos and articles, things they can help with. And you can buy the book there. Or if you just want the book real quickly, as fast as possible to get it on your doorstep tomorrow, uh, Amazon's a great source. All right. Well, we've been blessed today. We've been blessed by this program. I hope you'll share it with somebody else. For Greg Kokel, author of Street Smarts, I'm Greg Horn. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on Hope Is Here. Thank you for listening to Hope Is Here podcast. To listen to one of our previous programs or to make a tax-deductible donation, please go to our website, hopeishere.today. That's hopeishere.today. Did you know that Hope Is Here is also available on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter? You can find all of these at Hope Is Here Lex. Also, check out the daily one-minute Cup of Hope, available on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. That helps you keep your cup hopeful. To find out more information, go to our website, www.hopeishere.today.org. That's www.hopeishere.today.org.